You are listening to the First Tech Podcast. This podcast is designed for authorised financial advisors. If you are not an authorised financial advisor, it's important you understand the content of this podcast may be difficult to follow as it assumes you have the necessary training and qualifications to understand the concepts discussed. The information contained in this podcast is general information only and does not take into account any of your personal circumstances, needs or objectives. Hello and welcome to First Tech's latest news podcast for April. Today we're going to discuss a few different things. We've got an upcoming federal election on the 21st of May, so we've got some bills that didn't make it through Parliament that we're going to talk about. Uh, Then we're going to talk about some recent additions to the ATO website where they discuss the work test and bring forward rules and give us a bit of clarification there. Um, Then we're going to talk about the 50% minimums um, being extended to 22-23. Um, also some changes to the government's Home Equity Access Scheme, which was formerly known as the Pension Iron Scheme, and a few other items as well. Um, so let's get started. My name is Kim Guest, because Craig's not here at the moment, and I'm a Senior Manager in the First Tech team. And here to discuss the latest news with me is Julie Fox, Linda Bruce, Richard Chen, and Tim Sanderson. Hi, everyone. Hi, Kim. Hello. Um, All right, so let's get started. So, as we know, we have a federal election coming on the 21st of May. And as soon as the government calls the election, Parliament is dissolved and all the legislation that's in there lapsed. Um, So, Julie, could you please talk us through whether there's any important pieces of legislation that lapsed as part of this process? Well, I guess I'll start off with the good news um, of what did get through before Parliament was dissolved. So the super changes from last year's federal budget, the 2021-22 budget, were passed prior to the election announcement. So this means that various measures that start on the 1st of July 2022 made it through. So that includes the abolition of the work test, except for personal deductible contributions for 67 to 74-year-olds, the extension of the bring forward rule for 67 to 74-year-olds, the availability of the downsizer contribution from age 60 instead of age 65, the removal of the $450 per month minimum salary for superannuation guarantee, uh, the increase of the first home super saver maximum release amount from 30000 to 50000 Uh, Some new choices for some SMSFs when they're calculating their exempt current pension income from the 2021-22 financial year and the extension of the temporary full expensing of depreciating assets for another 12 months until 30th of June 2023. So that's all the super measures that did make it through that are all legislated and law and ready to go on the 1st of July. Um, There were some tax proposals from this year's budget that also uh, managed to get through. So that was the $420 increase to the low and middle income tax offset for the current financial year and the $250 cost of living payment to income support recipients and concession cardholders. However, there are still a couple of super proposals from the last year's federal budget that haven't been introduced into Parliament um, and are still outstanding. So those include that two-year commutation window uh, for complying income streams and the relaxing of the residency requirements for SMSFs. Mm -hmm. So, and some of this year's federal budget proposals that didn't make it into a bill either uh, include the small business skills and training boost and small business technology investment boost. 
Okay. So most things got through, but we still have a few that um, we'll have to see if they get reintroduced depending on who wins the election, yeah. I guess. All right. Thank you for that. Um, now, moving on to some updates that the ATO has made to their website, and this is where they discuss the changes to the work test and the bring forward rule that's going to operate in 22-23. So, Linda, this is an area we've been getting lots of calls about. Um, can you please run through what the ATO has updated on their website? Absolutely, Kim. Uh, we all know by now, we all know how it works. But it's just so great to see the regulator actually confirms what we think how it works, right? So um, we got so many calls on the bring forward non-concessional contributions and the work test in relation to uh, when to declare the work test if the person wants to claim a deduction for personal contribution, right? Let's have a look at um, the bring forward arrangement. The ATO very lovely confirmed on their website, they said, I quote, from 1st July 2022 and the later years, if you, meaning of a client, if you are under 75 years of age, at any time in the financial year, you may be able to make non-concessional contributions of up to three times the annual non-concessional cap in that financial year. So if the standard cap is 110 and subject to the total super balance, if a client is able to uh, make three-year contribution, that means as long as they're under 75 at the beginning of 1st July 2022, next financial year, they are able to make 330,000 non-concessional contributions. Great. So there's even a little example, isn't there, where there somebody is, who's yeah. almost up to 75 is bringing forward. So that's that whole confusion about whether it transitions down as you are 73 and 74 this kind of clarifies that that doesn't apply no. even though it was sitting there in the EM it's not in the legislation you are able to bring forward 330 even if you're 74. Absolutely so the Lovely. case study is called Bernard if you want to go to their website under the bring forward arrangement you go look for Bernard that will confirm what we thought. Good old Bernard. Okay great. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you want me to talk about work test? Yes please. All right so First question, from next financial year, if the clients under age 75, including those um, uh, turn 75 um, and uh, the cutoff is 28 days after the end of the month, they turn 75, right? So if they turn 75 in June, the cutoff date is actually 28th of July, next financial year, yeah. right? So work test, the first question is whether the individual needs to declare work test to the super fund to make a voluntary contribution. And ATO has confirmed on their website, as we thought, no, you do not have to because it's no longer a super fund responsibility, right? So when does the client need to declare the work test if they never ever needed to want to claim the contribution as a deduction? They never need to. It's only when, um, if they made a contribution above the age of 67, and if they want to claim it as a deduction in a tax return, that's when they needed to declare the work test or work test exemption to the ATO during the tax time. So we think how it works is during the tax return, you need to tick some boxes that's yet to be confirmed by the ATO. But what ATO confirmed is you don't have to do anything to the super fund. If you needed to claim a, a work test for deduction purposes, you do it with ATO while you're lodging your tax return. Great. Thanks for that, Linda. It's great to have all of that confirmed. 
Uh, now we're going to move on to another important change, which is the extension of the 50% minimum drawdown rates for account-based pensions and TAPs that's going to continue to apply for 2022-23. Richard, did you want to run us through this change? Yes, yeah, sure thing. Thank you, Kim. Halving the minimum pension drawdown rates was originally announced as part of the government response to address COVID in 2019. It got extended a few more years after uh, that and was going to cease at the end of this financial year, which would have meant going back to the full minimum drawdown rate from 1 July 2022. It came as somewhat a surprise when the government announced that they're going to extend it for another 12 months until the end of 2023 due to significant volatility in the financial market from COVID and the war in Ukraine. The regulations for this change have uh, already been registered and in terms of how it works, it's the same as before. The, the 50% minimum will continue to apply to account-based pensions, TTR pensions, and TAPs only. One important thing advisors should check is how client super fund will implement the extension of the 50% minimum. For example, if a client already nominated to receive the 50% minimum in the current financial year, will they have to contact the super fund to nominate to receive the reduced amount again for the next financial year, 2023, or will this apply automatically? This is something advisors need to confirm with the super fund. Great. Thanks for that, Richard. Thank you. Thanks for that, Richard. We'll now move on to some changes that the government has made to the Home Equity Access Scheme, which was previously called the Pension Loan Scheme. This scheme is effectively a government-funded reverse mortgage, which allows people to access fortnightly payments as a loan secured against property. Tim, would you like to run us through some changes that the government has recently made to make the scheme more attractive? Sure, Kim. Um, so firstly, as you alluded to, we've already seen a few recent changes to this scheme with it being rebranded in name and also an interest rate reduction from 45 to 3.95%. But two additional changes from 1 July this year. Firstly, a no neg negative equity guarantee. So a client's not going to have to repay more than the their equity in the property used as security. And then secondly, lump sum advances are being introduced um, and a client will be able to take up to two advance, lump sum advances each year, which can total up to 50% of the maximum annual rate of age pension. Importantly, though, any advance is going to reduce the fortnightly loan amounts that they can then receive generally for the next 12 months. And it's important to note that the overall amount under this scheme hasn't been increased. Um, so the loan can provide up to 150% of the maximum age pension and the person's actual pension being received is also included in that maximum. Great. Okay. Thanks a lot for that, Tim. Uh, now moving on to our next item, which is a tool that the ATO has recently added to their website, which is designed to assist self-managed super funds to determine the correct method when calculating exempt current pension income. Julie, did you want to explain how this tool works? Sure, Kim. Um, well, there have been some changes in the choices available for calculating eCPI from 2021-22 onwards. So the ATO has published this handy eCPI checklist to help trustees determine which methods are available for them, both in the current in the 2021-22 financial years and in previous financial years. So you'll find the link to the checklist in our 12th of April latest news on the First Tech website. And First Tech are also publishing an article on the changes that are going to apply from 21-22. Great. Thank you very much for that. Um, 
And now to the last item that we're going to discuss today. Um, there is some regulations that were introduced um, to allow people to commute amounts that exceed their transfer balance cap from certain non-commutable income streams. Tim, did you want to quickly run through when these rules will apply? Sure. Um, so obviously the transfer balance cap rules introduced in 2017 under those, any excess transfer balance that you have needs to be commuted out of a retirement phase income stream. And for most non-commutable income streams, there are special rules because they're categorised as cap-defined benefit income streams. And under those rules, um, at a high level, you don't have to take an amount that is in excess of your transfer balance cap out. Um, if it's only caused by one of those income streams. And that's kind of recognising the non-commutable nature of those income streams. But where you roll one of those income streams over after 1 July 2017, for example, to a new term allocated pension, um, they likely won't be a cap-defined benefit income stream anymore. So the problem there is the special rules regarding that excess don't apply, but you've still got a non-commutable complying income stream. And it's kind of been acknowledged that that can lead to a perpetual excess transfer balance that you can't commute out of retirement phase. So the new regulations that have been introduced kind of seek to address that. And they, from the 5th of April, allow uh, TAPs and complying life expectancy income streams um, to be commuted to the extent required to comply with a commutation authority issued by the ATO. So in other words, where there's an excess amount, um, really as a result of one of these rollovers, the client will be able to make the necessary commutations via a commutation authority. Um, and just a, a very quick note on that as well, because for a long period of time, these the income streams in these situations have been non-commutable, there's actually going to be a potentially a delayed transfer balance debit and credit um, that applies in this situation. Um, and that, that delay really just means that a client who is caught in this situation won't have an excess transfer balance caused by one of these income streams during the time prior to these regulations where it couldn't have been commuted. Right. Okay. Yeah, and, and probably very quickly just to mention as well, as Julie alluded to right at the start, um, this is not this has nothing to do with that um, two-year window that had also been proposed to allow people to exit certain legacy income, non-commutable income streams. So that's a separate proposal which which hasn't yet been legislated. Yeah, thank you for that. There was a bit of confusion, wasn't there, about those yeah. two separate proposals about non-commutable income streams. Um Great. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Tim. I think that clarifies it. If um, anyone wants more information, it's available in the latest news section on the First Tech website. Um, but thank you, everybody, for helping me with the latest news today. No worries. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the First Tech podcast. Please note these podcasts are designed for authorised financial advisors as a source of general information. All scenarios considered during this podcast were purely hypothetical and for illustrative purposes only and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase, hold or sell any financial products or take any other course of action. You should read the relevant product disclosure statement before making any investment decisions and once again consider talking to a financial advisor. While all care has been taken in preparation of this podcast using sources we believe to be accurate and reliable, 
no person, including Colonial First Aid Investments Limited, accepts responsibility for any loss suffered by any person arising from reliance on this information.